0: Welcome to Coffee in Exile, a podcast that explores faith, culture, and you guessed it, coffee. My name is Aaron Visser and I'm thankful that you're joining me on today's adventure. So why don't you pour yourself a cup of coffee, get comfy as we dive deep in today's subject. Well, hey there, and welcome back to another episode of Coffee in Exile. My name is Aaron, and it's my pleasure to be able to accompany you for the next couple of minutes. We've been working through a series on lament, uh, and we're going to continue that series today. So if you have not listened to the preceding episodes on lament, please pause this episode right now and go back and listen to those to make more sense of what we will be diving deep in today But before I get to lament, I want to talk about a coffee that I posted about on our Facebook page. Now, I'm just going to pause and put a shameless plug in. If you're not following our Facebook page or haven't liked it or whatever it is, uh, please go ahead and do that. Uh, It's a great way for you to see when new episodes have dropped, but also you can engage with content that's shared there. You can ask questions and maybe even propose future subjects of uh, episodes that might be dropped uh, later on, or maybe you want to be on this podcast and you'd like. To be interviewed about a subject that you're passionate about I would uh, that has to do with either faith culture or coffee I'd love to have you on here but let's start a connection for first or connect with me on my personal socials as well by just searching Aaron Visser but I posted about this coffee a couple of weeks ago after I officiated a wedding in Lake Louise I was driving back and stopped at my fate one of my favorite coffee shops in Canmore Alberta and it's called Eclipse Coffee Roasters if you ever find yourself in Canmore uh, Alberta please stop there there's two locations and you will not regret it but I stopped there and I picked up a bean that I've never tried before and I might uh just uh <laughs> pronounce this bean wrong whatever but it's called a Rohingya uh, broody bean so and it's another African bean if you listen to previous episodes you know that I love beans from the continent of Africa uh, South American yeah they're okay, but they have nothing, in my opinion. Now, this is my opinion. They have nothing on African beans. They the, Something about the beans that are growing in the continent of Africa, doesn't matter which country in Africa, I love them all. They're delicious. They're fruity. They're floral. They pop with uh, a bunch of different flavors and spices, and it's just a gorgeous cup of coffee. Well, anyways, for now, I think I can go on record and it is record because this is public, that this is probably one of my favorite coffee beans I have ever consumed. Now, uh, what's funny enough is, I, as I said in one of our previous episodes, I don't normally look at the the tasting notes on here. I like to kind of pull them out myself. And I wrote down the notes that I pulled out, and and the words I used were were fruity, uh, uh, like a spicy fruit. And then I, I went to the bag after, cause I always like to see, uh, where, uh, and I, and I also said a little bit of a bitter, but smooth dry. Um, so kind of like a cup of red wine in a sense where it's bitter, it's dry, but it's also smooth across your tongue. Uh, and that's what this cup is like, but it hits you with a blast of this like, uh, tart Uh, fruity uh, 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 right on the tip of your tongue as you take a sip but it also has this nice spice and a little bit of dry bitterness so I looked at the tasting notes and they've put down red apple spice and coke uh, sorry not coke uh, chocolate Um, and uh, I thought that was uh, pretty interesting that I was pretty close to those things and I definitely as reading those notes I do pick up on a red apple type flavor it has the spices like I said and the You know, the uh, uh, cocoa uh, would be the bitter side, but... Man, it is one of the best cups of coffee that I've brewed. I brewed it on my uh, ceramic V60 pour over and it was just gorgeous. Had a nice flat bed after the water went through. All of you coffee nerds know what I'm talking about. And it was a gorgeous cup. I will be buying this again. And uh, Camor's not far, but they also ship online, which is a dangerous thing. But uh, they do ship coffee across Canada if you're wanting to try this bean. Uh, But anyways... I know a lot of you listen to this for coffee and coffee tips, uh, but most of you are here for uh, the biblical insights, the cultural biblical insights. So let's jump in to lament. Last week in our last pod, we discussed the first step in forming a lament prayer, which is turning to God. That's what we talked about, turning to him and not to other fleeting things that this world has to offer. And buried in this concept of turning to God, we talked about praying our questions and concerns amid our pain. And I stated last time that this is a sim- is similar to step two, but they are also different. Encompassed in step one is where you voice your questions and in step two is where you express your complaint. As I say that you're probably sensing a tension because there is a tension here. Complaint isn't uh, uh, complaining complaint, uh, you know, complainers isn't a very positive word. We complain, we literally complain about other people being complainers. And you may be thinking this isn't right, Aaron. This is the wrong response to a situation, to situations that we find ourselves in. We are Christians. Don't you know? Followers a Christ, we are to be content and thankful in all situations, but it, and you know, I always laugh at the fact where you share with other Christian brothers or sisters your hardships you're going through. Someone, a, a loved one, has just died, or you've just had a horrible uh, you know, doctor's note. And the first thing they say to you is, Count it all for joy. You know, the Lord uh works all things out for good. And it's like, Man, I just want to punch you in the face and see if the Lord will work that all out for good, but but for. For real, right? We're we're always lo- telling ourselves that I can't react any other way in hard situations because I'm a Christian than being content, thankful, and, and always looking joyful. No, no, don't get me wrong. Those are really, really important aspects. We are to be content in all things. We are to be thankful and rejoice. Don't hear me wrong. But... Complaining is, is, is a vital part of our healing, a vital part in our, uh, lamenting. And it's not always the case, uh, that we're always up front content and joyful because there's something it's a journey to get to those points it's not that something's hard and the first thing you need to do is rejoice and jump up and down and what that looks like and that's good if you can but a lot of times we go on a journey towards that contentment towards that joy as we work through the hurts and pains in and, uh, you know disappointments of this uh, life so is this always the case are we always uh, you know is, is is complaining always wrong because we're taught and raised not to complain, but it is a biblical concept if it's done appropriately. We are told to respond to suffering and pain with thanksgiving or contentment, but I would argue biblical complaining is a critical step to healing and a crucial step in our contentment. If you read the Psalms of Lament, uh, it will not take you long to discover a lot of creative complaining filling the pages. There are expressions of sorrow, fear, frustrations, and even confusion. The Bible is filled with complaints, and these complaints uh, were set to music for entire communities, Jewish communities, to complain together as they sing the complaint song. And they weren't sinful. Now, before you, uh, you know, turn off this podcast and start telling everyone that I told you that it was okay to vent your self-centered rage at God when life has, turned, uh, has not turned out as you planned, I'm not suggesting that for a second. You don't have a right to be angry with God. That's always wrong. But there is a place for a kind of complaining that is biblical. In fact, complaints are central for you to lament, for me to lament, for us all to lament. Todd Billings explains uh, uh, that the writers of lament and complaints in the Psalms often seek to make their case against God. Frequently citing God's promises in order to complain that God seems to be forgetting His promises, they throw the promise of God back at Him. This concept of godly complaint is foreign to many Christians. This is why I have put together this series on lamenting, because discovering the art of lament is critical, especially for the times that we find ourselves in, and the days that lie ahead. On average, people fall into two camps when it comes to suffering. Either they fall in the camp of anger or they fall in the camp of denial. Some people become so angry in life towards their situations and ultimately towards God that they live in a self-made prison and they never experience healing. While others believe the lie, which says, because I'm a Christian, I need to be content and I can't show weakness. Rather than being genuinely content, it's denial in disguise. They're not really content. They're just saying they're content. They say things like, no, 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 no. Everything's okay. God will work it out in his timing, which are all factual statements, but they're not helpful when they're used to mask real deep pain. Biblical, biblical lament offers an alternative. Through godly complaint, we can express our disappointment and move towards a resolution. We complain based on our belief in who God is and what He can do. Lament is how those who know what God is like and believe in Him address their pain. God is good, but life is hard. Stacy Gettlesmith provides a helpful explanation. A lament is honestly and specifically names a situation and or circumstance that is painful, wrong, or unjust. In other words, a circumstance that does not align with God's character and therefore does not make sense with God's kingdom. End quote. Lament is a language of people who believe in God's sovereignty but live in a world with tragedy. So now that you ha- uh, now now that we've laid out a foundation of what biblical complaint is, let's look at one uh, one of the lament psalms and kind of put this on full display. So grab your Bibles, pour yourself some more coffee, and let's dive in. If we're going to understand how to lament, and if we're going to discover the the grace in it, we must learn how to complain the right way. To take this second step in learning to lament, we need to look at Psalm 10. And you can see this in all basically all lament psalms, but we're going to zero in on Psalm 10 and a couple other areas. So this uh, psalm begins with two strong complaints. So let's read Psalm 10.1. Why, O Lord... Do you stand far away? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? Psalms 10 1. First off, we see the psalmist bring his questions. And that's what we need to do also. The psalmist is deeply troubled that God seems like he's too far removed from what is happening. So you need to pick up on the usage of the Lord, uh, the, the word Lord here or Yahweh is the Hebrew word. The psalmist is using the personal covenant-keeping name of God. And what she's doing is invoking that promise with the contrast that God feels distance. This was the name of God of action. He's calling on the God who delivered the Israelites from Egypt, who brought about the plagues, who who brought them through on dry land over the Red Sea, who conquered Jericho, who, who conquered the giants, who established them in the promised land. This is the God of action. And he's using this covenant-keeping name of God to call the God of action uh, and, and and invoke all this action from the past and bring it to the present. But to the psalmist right now, this God of action feels inactive. God seems to the psalmist to be standing far away, to use his words. Feel the language there. Feel that. Let that weigh on your soul. He feels far away. The God of action, the present, all-powerful God feels far away. God's people are in trouble and it feels as if God is distant. The psalmist fears that God is no longer helping him. And I'm sure you felt like this at times and we all have. God has felt or maybe right now feels distant to you. This feeling should not be dismissed as invalid or sinful. They are a part of the journey, an aspect of genuine faith. The psalmist is more pointed at God with his second question, accusing him of hiding himself in the times of trouble. And this should make us feel uncomfortable. We should never feel comfortable to speak to God this way. But there are times that it is necessary but it shall never be done out of ease. The psalmist is basically telling God that he feels as if God is not acting God-like. If you're comfortable with this, then you are prob- then you probably don't understand what is being said here. The psalmist is deeply struggling and it's not just with his pain, he's struggling with God. Injustice is one thing, but God's lack of intervention is a deeper pain, one that creates complaint. The second step in lament is helpful because it speaks something familiar. We all quickly learn as we grew older that life is unfair. It's filled with unfairness. Good people suffer and die when it seems uh, uh, like uh, the wicked prosper. The rich get richer, the poor get poorer, the needy get taken advantage of and can never get ahead. Life is unfair. Have you ever been wronged by someone? Have you ever witnessed someone be unfairly treated? Maybe you've been unfairly treated. This is painful enough, but what makes it seem worse is when the perpetrator seems to get away with this evil, unjust act towards you or someone else. They get off scot-free, it seems. Complaint gives voice to our hard questions. Life is filled with many different types of suffering. Pain comes in all forms. Lament speaks into all sorrows of life, no matter how how small or big sorrow can enter life through a plethora of ways. Because of unfair longings uh, Sorry, unfulfilled longings uh, Loneliness, sickness An unfair supervisor at work It could have entered your life Through job loss, financial strain Broken marriages or engagements Ongoing conflicts in your marriage Or relationships You know your sorrow It could have been caused by Failed adoption processes uh, uh, Adulterous spouses A bad pastor, your children The examples are endless But what it all stems down to is the longer we walk on this earth, the older we get, the more pain we see. And God can intervene into all of these situations and more, but there are times and often there are many times when he chooses not to. And that's the tension of complaint. Psalm 10, however, is not the only place vocalizing the struggle. As you read other Psalms, you'll see God often addressed uh, uh, addressed in complaint language. Frequently, it is connected to questions, including plenty of why questions. Here are a few examples. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me? Psalm 22, 1. Awake! Why are you sleeping, O Lord? Why do you forget our affliction and oppression? Psalm forty-four twenty-three to twenty-four. Why then have you broken down its uh, walls? Talking about Jerusalem, Psalm eighty-twelve. O oh Lord, why do you cast my soul away? Psalm eighty-eight fourteen. Looking further, you find a number of other complaints connected to the how question. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long shall my enemies be exalted over me? Psalm 13, 1. How long, O Lord, will you look on? Psalm 35, 17. How long, O God, is the foe to scoff? Is the enemy to revile your name forever? Psalm 74:10. O Lord, how long shall the wicked... Uh, How long shall the wicked, how long shall the wicked exalt? Psalm 94, three, how long shall we, or sorry, how shall we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? Psalm 137, four, when you start, to see these questions in the Psalms, they jump off the page. These heartfelt questions have been in your Bible all along. They weren't just added overnight, but somehow they've been easy to miss. It's almost as if we don't understand the value of bringing our questions to God. Perhaps we think they're not allowed. Uh, Michael Jenkins in his book, In the House of the Lord, reminds us that God can handle our struggles. The Psalms of Lament open us to the greatness of a God who not only can hear, but can also handle our pain, our self-pity, our blame, and our fear, who can respond to our anger, our our disillusionment in midst of oppression and persecution, under the boot of tyranny and our sense of God-forsakenness in the face of life's most profound alienations and exiles. End quote. The psalmist of lament gives us permission, gives you permission to lay out your struggles no matter what they may be, even if they are with God himself. Part of bringing your complaint uh, is bringing your frustrations. It's a main part. Asking God's God questions is not the only aspect of biblical complaint. Psalm 10 also shows us the value of telling God our frustrations being real letting him know you're frustrated here's a couple examples from psalm 10 in arrogance the wicked hotly pursue the poor verse 2 the wicked boast of the desire of his soul verse 3 in the pride of his face the wicked does not seek him verse 4 and there are a couple more the psalmist is outraged with the wicked, the wicked's actions of the proud. Sorry, the wicked actions actions of the proud. He is frustrated that there seems to be no justice. There doesn't seem to be justice for anything that the wicked are doing. To his knowledge, knowledge the proud and the wicked only know success. Oh, how we love to compare our lives during times of trial to others, thinking that they only know success in good times. This isn't new to us. This is an age old struggle, but I would say that it's only amplified with the rise of technology. You see, we only post our best life now on Instagram and on Facebook and you you know what your life is really like so you sit there and you're looking on instagram and there's betty so-and-so who's posting this perfect pose photo with her family and there's not even one snot bubble in sight on her kids and you're thinking to yourself man she has such a perfect family her kids are always clean and behaving themselves but what you didn't realize is that they were up till 2 a.m the the night before screaming and fighting and then you know she went and polished off three containers of ice cream as she binged netflix but they're not going to post that on facebook well i hope not anyways but we got to stop comparing ourselves to other people but when we suffer when when horrible things happen to us it's so easy to go well why is this happening to me and not to someone else why is their life so perfect of course it's only going to happen to me and and these are true legitimate frustrations that you should not bottle down but you should uh, you should give over to the lord express those frustration frustrations to him But anyways, I went on a little soapbox there. (laughs) However, the psalmist turns his powerless position, and we're all at times in powerless positions, but the psalmist turns his powerless position into a platform to call out to God. His blunt complaint is an opportunity to redirect his heart. He is not allowing his painful expressions to rule him. So my question for you is: Do you allow your painful experiences to rule you? Do you find yourself talking about old hurts in the past, uh, from the past, uh, from others all the time that you're just dwelling on them? Do you struggle to move on and forgive? We can have victory in this area as well. We don't have to be ruled by our negative expressions that create bitterness and despair in a self-made prison. We see the psalmist expressing his frustrations and it's pushing him closer to God, not further away. Did you hear that? It's not pushing him farther away from God. It's pushing him closer to God. You see, if you hold all this in, you will drift away from God and become bitter towards him. But if you, if you right from the beginning, you're open and honest and lay out your frustrations, you will find healing and a closeness to Christ like you've never had before. Well, let's quickly look at the right way to complain though, because we've talked about complaining and and all the aspects of it, but there, we need to quickly address the right way to complain because this is not a sinful rehashing of your self-centered problems to God. There is an end goal in sight, which is renewed faith in Christ Jesus. So first come humble. If you're going to offer a complaint to God, it must be done with a humble heart. I don't think there is ever a place to be angry with God. However, I believe it is permissible to ask pain-filled questions as long as you're coming in humility. There is not a time to make this is not a time to make proud, arrogant demands to God because you feel like God owes you something. No lament is rooted in the fact that God is good. And life is hard, and we know life was not intended to be this way. I kind of talked about that last time, about how we are created uh, to be in perfect relationship with Christ Jesus, in communion with God. Like Just look at the garden before they fell. That's what we're created to be like, and we know that's what we're created to be like. So when life is hard, that's what causes complaint, because we know that this is not how it was supposed to be. Second, pray the Bible. This will give you a plethora of biblical language that will quickly come your own, become your own. Find the Psalms of lament, read them, pray them, and then make them your own. If you're wondering, well, I don't really have a language to complain. I don't know what that means. Well, read the Bible, pray the Bible. And some of these words might feel empty at first, but soon they will become your own and they'll be filled with your passion, your love, and your love, and your true concern. And third, be honest. That's key. Be honest. Don't mince words with God. He already knows. You don't have to pretend with him. Just be honest. Lay it all out before him. Stop pretending. Biblical complaint doesn't work if you're not being honest with God about your pain, fears, and frustrations. Talk to him as you would a loving father. And lastly, don't just complain yeah, don't stay there. Don't sit there. Don't just complain. While you shouldn't skip the practice of complaint, you also shouldn't get stuck there either. And we love, oh, we love to get stuck there. Complaint was never meant to be an end in itself. Lament does not give you an excuse to wallow in your frustrations and in your questions. It's a means to another end, which is renewed confidence in Christ Jesus. Complaint is to move you closer to the Lord. It's a doorway to the next stage of lament, which we'll be talking about uh, uh, for the, uh, in the next pod. But remember, biblical compl- complaint is just like a surgeon's cut. It is meant to heal and not destroy. Yes, it causes an incision. Yes, it cuts, but it's a precise cut. It's a clean cut. It's not a hack job, right? So complaint is just like a surgeon's cut. It's clean and precise, and it is meant to heal and not to destroy. Well, I hope that blessed you. I hope that I hope this even challenged you and caused a little bit of attention and maybe for you to think to reconsider to stop putting these blanket statements over your life when real pain happens of it's all going to be okay i'm fine i'm fine and you're masking true pain yes you want to have the end goal of being content and rejoicing but first you must walk through these steps complain be open and honest with your loving father he knows your thoughts he knows how you feel so might as well just speak it out but remember who you're talking to you're talking to the reverent holy 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 god so keep that in mind as you express your complaints to your loving father a fun little activity you could do one that i love to do is read some of these lament psalms and then write your own about a real situation that you're going through use the language oh lord how long will you uh, will you be absent in this area use the biblical language and write one out uh, that that pertains to an actual struggle or events that you are facing right now in your life well I'm glad you guys are able to join me. I hope you had a great cup of coffee or whatever else you drink during this episode. And I pray that you guys have all been blessed.